0: Welcome to the Open House Podcast, conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Scott Morrison has split the portfolios of home affairs, border protection, home affairs that is border protection and immigration, um, which is an interesting move and it does raise questions I guess about whether we'll see changes in immigration policy. I would expect that Scott Morrison will need politically to do something about the level of immigration, I have, well, mixed feelings. Well, no, more, less than mixed. You know, I think if um, if it's about getting the right, getting people into the right areas in Australia, that that's that's a reasonable debate. If it's about if people start using the words right mix, uh, right national background, all of that is a dog whistle to racism. So let's hope it doesn't go down that path. Um, But in any case, here it is. More than 80 of Australia's leading NGOs have now set November 20, Universal Children's Day, as the deadline for Australian politicians to remove all 119 children and their families currently being held in indefinite immigration detention on Nauru. It's the Kids Off Nauru Coalition... And it's made up of humanitarian, refugee, church and human rights organisations. They put this campaign together before they knew there was going to be a change of Prime Minister. World Vision is spearheading the campaign to immediately evacuate the children and their families from Nauru and bring them to Australia or a third country. And that could be indeed New Zealand. They've been offering. World Vision CEO Claire Rogers says locking up children, whatever the problem, locking up children is never the answer. Claire Rogers Welcome back to Open House.
1: Thanks, Stephen. It's great to be with you.
0: So there's no doubt what you'll be saying to the new PM if you get the chance to meet with him.
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. We uh, want him to get on board with kids off Nauru um, and we're really looking forward to the opportunity to reopen discussion.
0: Well, let's let's talk about the campaign kids off Nauru in a moment, which has been really successful, but let's go to that question. There will be some in the uh, refugee support community concerned about what Scott Morrison's position was when he was Immigration Minister. Um, but uh, according to someone that I've been speaking to uh, for this program this week, Bruce Baird, there really is a chance that there might be some change in the, policy, the current policy.
1: Look, I haven't had any discussion with Scott but I think there is a general movement happening in Parliament more broadly that it is time that we really addressed uh, this injustice and that locking up children is never the answer. And I've been calling on the Australian Parliament and we've been meeting with various politicians and talking to them about the fact that we're a clever and creative country and there has to be a way to resolve the challenge of the boat situation, that doesn't involve locking up children.
0: Now, strictly speaking, they're not locked up. They've been yeah. taken out of those detention centres, but they're in an, on an island that's smaller than Melbourne, isn't it? Uh,
1: yes, it's about the size of Melbourne Airport. Oh, I think what's really important for us to understand is that you don't need a fence to detain a child. It's mm-hmm. semantics. We've been mm-hmm. hiding behind semantics here. Uh, What has actually happened is that we've put them on an island that they can't leave, so we've taken away liberty. Uh, That island happens to be a phosphate rock the size of Melbourne Airport and they're in a community that didn't ask to have them. And then you don't tell them anything about their future for five years or more and you refer to the family by their boat number so often that they start to refer to themselves by this too. And then you restrict social and medical support so parents become depressed and can't care for their children. So essentially what we've done, we don't need fences to take hope away from people. And what's now happening is that the children are seeing their parents in distress and that of other adults. And. We have some medical conditions in the children that is extremely unusual and it's basically, uh, they call it resignation syndrome, oh, yes. but they're choosing to control the only thing they can, which is eating, drinking, walking, talking and even going to the toilet.
0: Yeah, we've had a couple of self-harm incidents even in the last week or so, haven't we?
1: That's right, they had to uh, evacuate a, a child who was a medical emergency just in the last few days. The way I think about this is we've put these children in a psychological cave, but there's no team of rescuers coming to save them, unlike the football team in Thailand. So we're calling on the Australian Parliament and in particular the new government um, structure or the new prime minister and his team Hmm. to assemble the rescue team.
0: Well, you just wonder whether that mightn't be possible now, and well, we're now entering the realms of politics and speculation, but the two really interesting facts about all of this were that um as the former Immigration Minister, Scott Morrison, was involved in stopping the boats, and you know... A lot of people will say, and and it is actually true, it's factually true, that that's been the cause of saving lives, because we know that that's a problem. But the just deposed, the just resigned Immigration Minister, Peter Dutton, was the one that held the line very, very firmly on this children's issue. Well, he's not there anymore, is he? Uh,
1: Well, the answer to that is that we have taken many children out of detention during um, the last few years. And there hasn't been any discussion of any increase of boats. The other point to make is that if you argue that, then what we're saying is we're using these children as a deterrent through uh, no choice of theirs, and that's one of the human rights tenets is that children should have participatory rights in their situation and so I think this is an unacceptable Mm. way to resolve this issue.
0: Now talk to me about this campaign which went off like a bit of a rocket as soon as you launched it.
1: Uh, Yes we launched on Monday in Canberra and we're encouraged by some movement in the ALP policy on this to start to uh, recognize the recommendations of the medical doctors and to also reconsider the offer from New Zealand. And then we've spent time on, uh, growing the campaign on social media and within 24 to 48 hours we had about 30,000 people signed up.
0: 30,000
1: uh, in 24 hours? Yeah, in 48. <laughs> <Sorry>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, And I also spoke at the Tasmanian parliamentary breakfast uh, this week and gathered a lot of support from the Tasmanian parliamentary members who were there were very encouraging about that this group of organisations has come together to call on change. So, yeah, so we've had a lot of very exciting support and momentum.
0: As part of your campaign, you're telling the story of some of the children and these are not well-known stories. They're almost untold stories. But tell us, for example, about two-year-old Rose. She was born on Nauru.
1: She was born on Nauru. Uh, her family were escaping uh, persecution. Their full story we we can't tell for reasons of privacy, but Rose was born on Nauru, so her only experience has been off the island. Uh, she's a normal little girl who likes to read and uh, play with her friends but her mum says there's no environment for her to play uh, that isn't affected by the situation that they're in. Mm.
0: That's all she knows and so likewise George he's two years old tell us about George.
1: Each of the children have experienced only life on Nauru and their journey is you know something that no parent in Australia would ever Want to put their child through. And I think one of the things, the sort of hidden part of this is they are in a context where they're seeing adults not cope with the situation. And so not only have their family fled things that are tremendously challenging from their home country, but now they're sitting in a situation where they're seeing grown adults, you know, not know how to deal with and process their lack of hope. So things like lip-stitching and people setting themselves on fire and some children have even been involved in some of those activities. So that's the context that these children are in uh, and it's time to bring them to safety.
0: And you don't have to be a child psychiatrist or an expert in psychology to understand that these kids are going to be damaged by these experiences. It's going to be very hard for them um, if and when please God, they are actually let go from the situation.
1: Yes. The only thing I can say in encouragement there, uh, Stephen, is that we, we encounter this in World Vision all over the world yeah. and we've worked in some really distressing situations, like in Uganda with people coming across the border and children, unaccompanied children coming across the border from South Sudan having seen awful things and experienced awful things. But what I can tell you is that when you put children in a safe place again and you allow them to play, they do process uh, their grief and their experiences and they they do move forward. And so our call is that we need to do that as quickly as possible to give them the best chance of a full recovery. Mm.
0: And provide support once that happens?
1: Yes, absolutely. So ideally they should come to Australia to get the support, that they need, and then we work out where their final destination is. 85% of these families have already had their refugee status confirmed, so it's not a, process, a question of processing their cases. It's a question of um, providing the right environment to them, for them to move forward for their lives, but in the meantime, providing a safe place for them to live as a family and care for their children.
0: We're speaking with Claire Rogers, CEO of World Vision and one of a number of organisations in this coalition to bring the kids off Nauru. What is your answer to the question, though, what about their parents? Do they come? Surely they have to come with their parents. And then at that level, there's a, well, the government runs against its own rhetoric now.
1: Yeah, so we would never want the children to be separated from their parents. Someone said to me, oh, that must be a very large number. What we're really talking about here is 119 children, some of whom are siblings. And so this is not a big number of people and some even are in a single parent situation. So we want the families to be brought to that safe place with the children. Of course, we want all refugees off Nauru and Manus, but our... As an organisation that champions the rights of children, our primary priority at this point is to get these children to safety because they're the leaders of the future. And also in contexts where there isn't safety, children are the most vulnerable. And so it's really important that we set up and put them into an environment where they can be protected.
0: So is the New Zealand option a viable option from your point of view?
1: Well Jacinta came out again this week and said it's on and she wants to talk about it. Yep. So I think it absolutely is and she's been a terrific support. She's also trying to get to meet the refugees when she goes to the Pacific Island for a meeting. Which is uh, what,
0: in a, a couple of weeks?
1: Yep, which is coming up and it's actually based in Nauru this yep. time. Yep. Uh, so I think that's entirely viable and That and other options, we should be looking at all options.
0: We should be. Well, it's something when New Zealand can show us an example like that, uh, which they can in so many areas, by the way. It's a very interesting country. How do people who might be concerned about this, want to be part of your campaign, how do they sign up?
1: Yes, uh, to raise com, and all the information's there and there's some activities and ideas about how they can write to their uh, local ministers and get their churches involved. They can also write to their politician um, and the members. And so there's lots of different ways for them to get involved. And there's also a very strong social campaign running at the moment under the hashtag Kids Off Nauru.
0: <laughs> and of all the issues you might get concerned about between now and the election, whenever that is, well, this is a good one. You want to consider it.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Claire Rogers, thank you for speaking to us.
1: Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me.
0: And Claire is the CEO of World Vision and the head of that uh, one of the heads of that campaign, Kids Off Nauru. Discover more Open House podcasts at OpenHouseCommunity dot au.